At the end of the poem Invictus, William Ernest Henley ends the poem with, I am the master of my fate, I am the captain of my soul. He wrote that when he was in the hospital struggling with tuberculosis. I mean, he wrote that whole poem. Um, but I think that notion is one that a whole lot of us were, were uh, kind of spoon-fed in large doses when we were growing up. And, and certainly I agree with the idea that we have a lot of influence on our experience of things. But to think that we have control is an illusion. Uh, I, okay. You know, that whole, I can work this out my, the way I want it to end up thing. I know I can do it if I just work hard enough, if I just study enough and learn enough and get smart enough or fast enough or skilled enough or do this or don't do that. I know I can make it work. I think optimism is a wonderful thing. But a lot of the time, that kind of, I'm going to make this work can also create the highest frustration level with people you're going to run into. There's a, it's a trap. The responsibility that puts on a person, uh, that that puts on a person for not only the aspects of a situation that are within their control, but also the ones that are not within their influence at all, is quite steep and unrealistic. Um, there's, there's the illusion that worrying about things can change the outcome of them. And in class earlier this morning, I know in the adult ed class, um, we were talking about, well, we were listening to Pema Chodron talk about the way that um, being able to sit with that discomfort is a part of diminishing aggressive addictions. She talked about being in traffic, you know, and if somebody cuts you off, we can go on, you know, go off pretty quickly, that, that's not right or whatever, but, um, or being in a traffic jam. You know, she, she uh, you can get all upset about it. You can make, let it ruin your day, or you can just observe the traffic jam and look at the people in the other car, entertain yourself that way, um, make a game out of it. Is the person in the next lane going to get there before I do when their lane starts moving faster? Than, and are you just going to lose your, lose your cool when somebody drives down the shoulder and cuts in up in front? Um, the way we respond to things makes a big difference in how we experience them. But what Pema Children was saying is if we practice being patient in those little circumstances that really are first world problems, they're not that big a deal no matter how we feel about them. 
uh, or we can't change it no matter what we do about it. That it moves our hearts more towards love and away from aggressiveness. And she, Pema Chodron says that the aggressiveness is a tendency to be aggressive uh, in our uh, wanting things to be the way that we think they ought to be, not wanting to uh, have anyone we care about badmouthed or put down or inconvenienced, but we don't mind if it happens to somebody we don't like. The we can either move our hearts and our capacities more into being able to hold that tension and discomfort and learning love and how to sit with that in the world or we can become contributors to the aggression in the world. None of that is where I was going with this. So. <laughs> Most of the time, we have favorite narratives of our lives. The way that we understand our story. And we rehearse it in our heads a lot. I mean, it, it, so if we tell something that happened to us, odds are we're gonna tell it pretty much the same way every time we do. Sometimes it even changes over time without us noticing it. Uh, but because we get in habits of telling ourselves the same kinds of stories, it, become, it becomes more difficult to pick up on the nuances or to generate a new storyline. Now, if we keep in mind that everything that, that is going on in our, in our rehearsed story is back here, it cuts us off from the moment that we're in and keeps us from being able to participate in creating a more positive story of this. Because we're already habituated to having the story run a certain way. No matter what's going on, our way of looking at it and experiencing it has been our habit of, of, of thought. You know, the kid that comes in on a Christmas morning and finds a pile of manure and starts digging and says, with all of this manure, there's got to be a pony. <laughs> that uh, The unexpected path that the title is talking about really refers to the idea that where the biggest gifts are is never where you think they're going to be. Never where you think they're going to be. And whether we like it or not, some of the greatest difficulties hold the most empowering aspects of our lives. I know I talk about it a lot. We're in personal spiritual growth and development. So um, when I talk about we don't change when we're comfortable over and over again, I hope y'all will bear with me, but uh, we 
don't learn a lot when we're comfortable eating. A lot of people, not, not the deep spiritual lessons. We can gather information, we can learn about other people, and all of those things are wonderful. But for spiritual progress, we have to continue being put through fire, and we're not going to do it um, if we do it intentionally. I think we might want to look into some other faith traditions. <laughs> But the kind of pain that comes to us as part of life has full capacity and capability of making us better people. Every single trial. And it's the unexpected turns where the biggest gifts are. I was laughing with another UU last night about how none of us are hard-headed. None of us have control issues. None of us think we know how things ought to go. And we're just... I, I've... Make, I've pointed to the joke before where Unitarians are people who have authority. No, being a minister in a Unitarian church is uh, have, you know, choosing to be an authority figure to people that, are, that have authority issues. <laughs> we will be shown over time and we will learn or be taught the lessons that will open our hearts up. The longer we fight that, the harder the lessons will be. The song that I, that I played for the offertory, Disappearing Armor, I, I know that probably just sounds kind of strange to everybody, but the, but the idea behind it is, you know, we spend our lifetimes finding ways to protect ourselves against the, the threats perceived or otherwise. What we don't, if, if we're lucky, what we get is those walls are crumbled by something and we're restored to a life that is fully awake like the uh, uh, candlelight music says we don't get to choose that the things that open us are powerful we can practice it we can be prepared for it we can work on the little things to make us more receptive when it happens, or to be awake that that's what's gonna happen. We all have loss, we all have pain, we all have things that we don't know how to handle. But we can let them teach us and move us towards the people that we talk about wanting to be in this tradition. 
or we can let them make us more irritated and angry and, and uncomfortable and, and uh, isolated, insulated, isolated, distant. I think the disappearing armor is a gift. The uh, third verse was about someone who reset my view of, of things by her courage and openness in the face of incredible darkness. The limitations on her life are so extreme that I cannot imagine living there. And, and she continues to serve other people. Now, well, okay. She's been living on a ventilator for 13 or 14 years. Has motion like this and like this. Is in a wheelchair doesn't sleep well, always has an infection. Um, and up until this year, still taught classes for university online. And served as a spiritual mentor to countless individuals via the internet. And is always radiant. If that doesn't make somebody humble, I don't have that kind of courage. I don't have that kind of um, depth of spirit, but I know it's possible because I've seen it. <coughs> and I know that knowing it's possible generates the hope that can get so far away from us when things aren't going like we think they should. I don't know what I did with my pages today. It doesn't matter. Um, you have so much power. You have so much influence. And you have so much more to say about what you're going to do with your story. I want my armor to disappear. The happiest I've been in my life was when my heart was open. And I know that expectations made the walls go back up. And disappointments, I let them. And I don't know often how to drop it again. But the little things that irritate all the time didn't bother me then. And the people around me can see the difference. I wish that for every one of you. And what I know is that it's 
got to come from openness. And if we can do things to help us be able to stand with our hearts open, not physical assault, not being you know, martyrs, but finding a way to soften our hearts and live into that will change this world.